In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Jesus at first glance seems confusing today, or at least for me. He tells the ten lepers to go and show themselves to the priests. Now on the way, all ten are cleansed, but only one sees that he's healed. The nine do what's required. They do their duty, but the one does what's best and sees. Now, not just with his natural eyes, physical eyes, but with the eyes of faith, that Jesus does what's best with him. Where things are confusing and perhaps unfair are when the nine did what Jesus says, but then Jesus wonders why only one comes back to glorify God and give thanks. I mean, that's what he wanted. Why didn't he just say that? Now, presuming that Jesus doesn't want to be confusing, let's unpack the passage. First, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to show himself, actually, to the priests and to the world. And along the way, he continues to show himself to a variety of people. Today, he shows himself to the Samaritans, who are those on the outside of the community, not quite good enough to be inside the community. And also lepers, those who are too dirty to be part of the community. The thing is, though, regardless of who Jesus shows himself to, he always changes things for those people. And of course, he changes things for the ten lepers. This presenting himself and changing things is part of the larger story of Jesus, because from birth, when God presents himself in Christ Jesus, he changes things. He presents himself to the world in a life of love. Now, of course, the sadness is that when Christ does what's best by living the life of love, the world does its worst by rejecting. Of course, love in its unconditional sacrificial existence leaves itself open to being refused, and of course, crucified, because love never forces itself upon people. Now, this love Christ gives as his witness to God's presence in the world is carried out in his body. It's not just words, but his bodily life is his telling of the gospel. By showing the world his body, or presenting the world his body, the world sees his life, sees his death, and sees his resurrection. It sees his healing power to make things whole, or as the Bible was translated today, make things well. If Jesus' bodily life is rooted in love, then it lives in freedom. And it doesn't force itself upon people. So for Jesus to give the ten the duty to glorify God and give thanks, it wouldn't come from a place of love. It would come from coercion. So if the ten had been watching Jesus and his gospel from a place of faith and love, of course they would understand and they would get it. So here is the answer to the dilemma. Jesus, in fact, from the beginning, has been presenting himself, presenting his love by his bodily example, by his life. So they were actually told. But they were told in love. 
Now, this emphasis on the bodily life means that love is actually more than just words. Ask anybody who's been loved, and I mean really loved, how they know that they've been loved, and they will say, he shows me. Or, in case my wife, she shows me. And she says, I love you. Now the thing is, is that I've been loved, and those who've been loved return that same love back to the one who's loved them. And that returning and giving, of course, is shared with others because it spills out of one's life. Okay, back to the lepers. God showed them love in the form of mercy. But it was only the Samaritan leper, the foreigner, the one who wasn't supposed to get it, who saw how he was made whole through the love of God in word and life. And when he was loved, he returned love. And he showed love to others. How he returned love was actually literally returning back to Jesus to glorify God and give thanks. And then at the end of the passage, Jesus is going to send him out to show that same love to others, to show forth that love. Not only to the priests, but to the world. The leper's body, like Jesus did with his body, is going to be now a testimony of God's love. The leper can show that God loves him by his body. But his body is not just the physical body. It's, it's the whole person. It's the whole existence which becomes the witness to the power of God in Christ Jesus to save sinners, not just lepers. The thing is, though, now the church, as the body of Christ, who has received the love of God in Christ Jesus, is now to present her body to the world as the witness of the good news. See, like the Samaritan leper who is moved by his encounter with Jesus Christ, moved so much that he prays God with a loud voice. We too need this joy. We need this thankfulness to be a witness to God's life in us. If anyone's been around someone who lives a life of thankfulness, you know it is a wonderful thing. There is nothing more beautiful than to see, like the leper, how Christ has made us whole, how he has healed us, and then to go and tell others of what he's done. So you might not have a skin disease like the leper. However, like the leper, we're touched on a deeper level. It goes to the salvation of our entire existence. Of course, this is all the more significant if we think about our encounter with Jesus Christ physically in the Lord's Supper. The love that is celebrated in the sacrament is not something we can keep to ourselves because it's an overflowing love. See, by its very nature, the love that we receive is the love that we share with all. The world needs God's love. It needs to encounter Christ and to believe in him. What it doesn't need is another list of duties. It doesn't need another evangelism program. 
See, that love that is shared begins with the little ones from last week. And then it moves on to the least from this week. And of course, it moves into the lost from every week. So we too, with Jesus and the Samaritan, must be able to tell the little ones and our families and our neighbors and even strangers what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have experienced in our own bodies. See, we cannot approach the Lord's Supper this morning without being drawn into the mission of God. Giving witness is actually an essential part of the Lord's Supper. We actually sing about it every week. It's, a part, it's an essential part of the Lord's Supper because as Jesus presents his body to you, his forgiveness, his new life, and his self-sacrificial love, you are actually taken up into that same existence. You are taken up into that love in order to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, as a witness. Of course, the love of God can be rejected, both physically and spiritually, like the nine did in today's gospel passage, like those who crucified Jesus, and like we do sometimes, when we keep things to ourselves, when we actually believe that God's love just ends with us. The thing is, though, you guys have returned to Jesus' feet this morning. In a sense, you've already answered and have returned. Now, whether you know that or not, you'll have to decide. See, now is the time where Jesus is going to send you off. He is going to send you off to show yourself to the world as a living testimony to the saving love of Jesus Christ. Whether it's showing Christ's love in the nursery or the Sunday school or to Christmas uh, with Christmas sharing, the blind outreach of CareNet, or even if it moves on to those who you don't know. Whether it's any of those, you actually have enough love to share. You have enough love in the Lord's Supper to share with the little ones, the least, and the lost. I mean, it's, it's God's love. It can't run out. So you should move with confidence. You should not worry about using it up. So let us today, tomorrow, and the next day, let us show ourselves and the love of God in us with joy and thanksgiving to a world that needs the love of God. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.